and wake up 502 how are you doing this is your co-host with the most haven harrington joined in studio by nobody rashawn's not here yet but he is efforting his way to get here as soon as possible but we also have the great one himself the man the myth the legend the greatest barbecue in the tri-state area the man whose love for UofL knows no bounds. I give you one, Joe Kelly. Man, that is an intro right there. Thank you, sir. You just you just gassed me up. Made me sound important, and like I kind of know what I'm talking about. You are as important as when Hasbro hired Don Johnson to be the voice of Falcon in GI Joe the movie. That's how. Ah, important so I'm you here are. to kill it, eh? That's right. I'm here to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Dead in the waters. Man, I tried to watch that. I could not get through it. Yeah, it's <laughs> and the sad part about it is that was like the first one supposed to release. Like Transformers, the movie was supposed to come like right after that. Uh, but they did Transformers first because they were just a tad bit more popular. And yeah, uh, yeah GI Joe. Man, once they killed Optimus Prime and they saw like all the rage and hatred and they got from that, they decided <laughs> to change the killing of Duke. So he just slipped into a coma. And just released it on television. <laughs> right. Man, again, th- this will be the mission of the Wake Up 502 show. Not only will we give you the hottest takes about UofL sports and, and athletics in the surrounding areas, we're also here to implore you all, if you don't remember it or you didn't see it as a child, go back and watch that Transformers animated movie. It is death, despair, and carnage that no no six-year-old can prepare for at the theater, and that's like I said last week, man, that's before the credits roll. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, way before the credits roll. And uh, man, you know, talk about uh, despair, man. That gets that was his... the death of my innocence, Haven. <laughs> Five-year-old me at the Franklin Square Cinema, eating eating jujubes and popcorn, going, "No, Optimus!" <laughs> Crying like a damn fool. Hasbro got their money out of the Kelly family, though, because you know my aunt had to take me to Walmart down the street and get me that new Rodimus Prime figure. Hey, it worked. It worked. They got that money. Winning. Ah. Man, so so man, much to talk man. about today on, on Wake Up 502. To kind of give you a rundown, man, we'll have to talk about the great one himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe B. Hall, passed away this morning. So we got to give a, a, a good tribute to Joe B. Hall. We have to talk a lot of Cardinal basketball. What is going on with the program? What is wrong with Chris Mack? Has Chris Mack morphed into Satterfield? Has Satterfield morphed into Chris Mack? So much to unpack, so much to talk about. And then, of course, we have to talk a little bit about, and I know Rashawn's going to hate this, but he's not here at the moment. So I will set the agenda and run the show. we got to talk some NFL playoffs. I mean, good Lord, it's NFL playoffs. This 800-pound gorilla. Okay, here comes Rashawn just sauntering again, but it's too late. I've already set the agenda for the show. Ha, 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 ha. And now, oh, we have a new sponsor today, so I just wanted to, uh, before we get the show kicked off, I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Sport Attacks. Sport Attacks is that medication for all you sports fans out there. They're feeling a little bit depressed, a little despair with your program. It may not be head the right way. Maybe you have some NCAA sanctions and... Some other things, dogging your program. Your, your program's horrible. Football team sucks. Your basketball team sucks. Sport Attacks is here to help. Take two Sport Attacks every day. Make everything A-OK with Sport Attacks. Wow. Keeping me sane. Really? 
I know, right? Just made that up <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> What's so, good, fellas? Man, we're doing good. We're doing good. I actually, know not U of L basketball. Hey, All right. Hey, let me tell you something about U of L basketball. You gotta have faith. Like, you gotta like, have faith. Like, like faith, faith. Uh. <laughs> gotta have faith. Is, that, is, that, is that all you need? Well, you need more than that. You need faith, coaching, <laughs> a game plan. <laughs> a game plan would help. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you fellas getting it rolling for me this morning, I mean, man. No problem, man. You know, we're just about to start off with a little Joby Hall tribute to the great one himself. Yes. One of the greats, one of the legends. Like And Haven and I were, were talking about this before uh, before we went on air. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody remembers, but the uh, Joby Hall and Denny show. Hilarious. The tail end of that show was absolute like appointment listening. I would say I scheduled breaks around being able to go, go out to my car and listen to them. Absolutely. Because you could tell Denny was so over it, and he did not want to be there anymore. He wanted to be out fishing. <laughs> and poor Joe B was having the time of his life, man. Like Joe B reminded me of like the dog in a Pixar movie. Like just his tail's always wagging and he's trying to get Denny Denny going and Denny's like, no. <laughs> and and the one that stands out to me is the day that Denny was describing how he had just tried fried pickles at Hooters. And Joe and Denny's just going on about how like he it, it was almost like a man talking about his conversion to finding Christ, <laughs> you know, like th- that he had seen the light and the light is the deep fried pickle. And Joe B just comes in guns blazing and is like, is it like a whole pickle on a stick, Denny? Kind of like a corn dog type deal. <laughs> and dude, Denny just lost it, man. Like he absolutely lost it. He's screaming at him. No, no, that's stupid. They're sliced like on a sandwich. He's like, so you could put them on a sandwich? And then he's like, well, I guess you could. I didn't, you know, but you just ate them. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to those two, man. That, I mean, I left until I was worried I, I'd cracked a rib. Absolutely. No, Joe, Joe B and Denny, that was the perfect – um, second, you know, second career for those two, just because you know there were so many <laughs> classic back and forths for those guys on the court. You know, just all the way back to the 1983. I remember that interview that they did with Denny Crum, where he was talking about, you know, they asked Denny why they didn't play the game, and he's like, "Well, you'd have to ask Joe." And they were like, "Well, Joe, Joe said that, uh, you know, Joe coach uh, didn't really want to talk about, it, didn't want to reach comment." And Denny was like, "Yeah, well, that's typical." <laughs> <laughs> like that, that oh, they always was, went back and forth. So for those two to get together and then do that radio show, it kind of gave that inside baseball and that inside look behind that, and then that that great friendship they had. I mean, it was it was awesome. Like like I love Joe B and Denny, man. That that, that was my spot. So definitely, well, Coach Hall, uh, shout out to you. And and to keep the uh, the spirit of this show a little bit light, you know, because we're going to get in on U of L basketball, and that's going to be dark times. Uh, if the texter, if callers, texters want to text in, tell me what two coaches you'd love to see retire and do a post game show together. What two rival coaches oh, do you nice. think would would be able to do that? Because I think they're kind of the last of a dying breed, man. I don't know that you could get two coaches that hate each other in today's times because everything is more magnified. You know, you can't get away from it at all. If you hate a guy, you just hate him because you constantly see him. No, no, I mean, absolutely. I Like, when I think about it, like. Oh, I know, I know the two guys I would love to hear on the show together. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm interested. Oh, God, this show would be awesome. It would be better than Joe B and Denny. 
Really? Okay. Because oh, I got one that jumped out to me. I got way one that better. jumped out to me. Are you ready? Absolutely. Yeah. Patino Calipari. You guys hear the hate no, over airwaves. No, that's close to home. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, know what, you know what? Dude, you know what radio show would absolutely melt college basketball fans, and you would get fans of college basketball, not just the two schools they coached at. John Thompson, well, you can't do it anymore, but John Thompson and Jim Beheim would have been the go-to. That would, that be good. would have been the podcast that I would have subscribed to. Absolutely. I don't know, man. Patino, uh, Calipari, like, 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 you could feel the hate just ooze through the airwaves. I don't think you could get them to agree to it, though. No, is the no, of course you couldn't, because the hate's too strong. Yeah. They, they would never do it. But if you could, it would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's what makes the caveat so interesting is who would agree to do it in today's times. But Ooh. we lost a we lost a legend. We did. We did. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and Joe B was a guy who, you know, for in my opinion for most of all of his career, he never necessarily got the credit that he deserved being the guy after up, you know, that he 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 won a lot and and did a lot at UK, but I always felt like UK fans always kind of kept him that they never really gave him as much recognition because he wasn't you know he he wasn't Adolf, and I think that did, did him a disservice. I think that as time went along, he definitely became more um, appreciated, um, but for a long time, I don't think he he got the due that he deserved for the job he did at UK. In my personal opinion, especially for the guy who really integrated Kentucky basketball. Yeah. I mean, I, really, I really completely. integrated Kentucky basketball. I, I think the two best things, unfortunately, that happened to Joe B. Hall's legacy is time and the Tubby Smith hire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of, of, of what you were saying about he didn't get the credit because he was the guy after the guy, right. I think a lot of that vitriol then got, got directed towards Tubby Smith. He only wins 75% of his games. Get him out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's boring all boring winning three, three out of every four. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, but sh- sh- shout out, yeah, man. Now. I wish we had those problems. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? Well, that, that would be that would be wonderful. You know, seventy five, winning team. Gosh, that'd be wonderful. Mm. All right, fellas. Mm. So, so, so of course. We know, and I sent it out on Twitter this morning, man, that, you know, we've been, I feel as if we've been just kind of bagged and and gagged all week as we sat and watched everything going on um, with UofL basketball. Um, You know, that's kind of been the the huge, huge talk, of course, of the week, especially after, um, you know, the Louisville loss um, at home to NC State on Wednesday Afternoon, evening. Um, of course, I was in the building uh, for that game. I uh, got to talk to Coach Mack after the game. Um, and after losing to a team that you had already beaten earlier in the year, the team that was pretty much the, I won't say the worst team in the league, but one near the bottom. Okay. I think Pittsburgh is probably technically the worst team in the league, but NC State's down there. Um, so, you know, you lose at home to a team that you had already beaten once and you lose at home. That's kind of the double kick in the the goodies right there. Um, and then after the game, Coach Mack comes into the press conference and basically just sits down and says, yeah, I don't know, and it's all the players' fault. That was his whole thing. 
<laughs> like literally, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's wrong, and it's all their fault. That's literally <laughs> what he said. Let me ask you, yes, sir. Let me ask you the, the the most obvious question before we delve into any detail and give any sort of insight or anything. Let me just ask you a personal preference opinion. Yes, sir. Has Chris Mack taught you anything about saying, "I wish we had a coach that would just be honest and talk and stop the coach speak"? Because that's what I used to say about coaches, but now I'm like, dude, you got to win if you want to be this surly. Like, you can't do both. Yeah. It's, it's either or. Chris Mack has definitely, this year, and, and it's not just this last press conference, this whole season, um, and, and, I, and I don't know if it's just about the suspension, um, but I do think that um, he has definitely had an edge, and he has not been nearly as um, I don't want to say jovial, but just affable. Yeah, he's just he's he's had a little bit of a he's been not not a jerk, not even a jerk. Just he's just had not he's not had any patience for anything. It's it's not been a very enjoyable experience for him when he goes into those press conferences. So he so he sounds like a like an everyday American citizen under the last two years of COVID. He's just frustrated and fed up. Absolutely, after <laughs> like literally, sucks. it just sucks that that he has to talk in front of a microphone after his job goes doo doo. Exactly, like, like but you're, you're a public figure, him. exactly. So so we can sit there and judge you and talk. You know, ask what's wrong when literally, you know, you're probably doing about as good as anybody, you know, <laughs> over the last two years will be doing right now. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, because you get paid millions of dollars, you're expected yep. to go out there and do your job and, and you know, hopefully don't be a jerk to people. But, you know, I mean, it, you can definitely tell that this season and, you know, going all the way back to the summer with everything that happened with the firing of Dino Gaudio and Luke Murray, that it's just seemed like to be um, everything's been compounded. He's not gotten an opportunity to breathe, um, you know, I, I, just because of the, the scandal and the, the recording of the, the firing. It's just Chris Mack has not been able to relax at all. And he looks like a dude that has just continued to have these stressors and this pressure build upon his head. And he looks like he's ready to explode. Like the man looked like he was ready to cry in the press conference. Like I, I, I'm dead serious. Like I, I was, t- I, if there would have been somebody sitting next to me at the press conference, there was only about four, four people in there because uh, it was so late. When we finally got out of there, but I was gonna be like, he gonna cry when he get to the car, <laughs> like literally. That's what that man like. He's and this is the thing about Chris Mack, and this is one thing I've always liked about Chris Mack. I was definitely an avid supporter. Like I know that all these people are getting on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and if you want to give your thoughts, three eight four fourteen fifty is the call in line. Four one four fourteen fifty is the uh, the Thornton's text line as well. Uh, we'll be reading your uh, texts and thoughts uh, as you go along, as well as taking your comments if you'd like. Um, um, the the thing about you know I've seen so many people talking about this ain't the guy. What's wrong with Tyree for hiring this dude? This dude ain't right. First of all, Chris Mack was no doubt the number one candidate uh, for this job. He is a good number coach. one with a bullet. Yeah, like number it, one with a bullet. Like nobody, nobody outside of Louisville questioned that hire. Let's just be very clear about yes, that to the fan base. Absolutely, and, and, we were we we got we got. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Man, we got people were like, wow. Louisville just really spun the worst possible scenario into the best possible hire they could make. That's what national people were saying. So everybody can miss me on that. It was a bad hire. It was the best possible hire we could make at the time. And I mean, absolutely. I mean, and and Mac had everything that you were looking for. He had tournament success. Um, He had a proven track record. He was considered to be, you know, one of the best 
three or four coaches um, at the mid-major level that was looking to, you know, to take his jump to the next level and be a big-time uh, coach. Like, it literally – and any Local any and everybody was looking at locally and nationally. I mean that and like he, he was the man. And he just coached a team that had like the number one seed in the tourney. Yeah. I mean, so like he literally had everything. So so anybody who said I knew this dude wasn't a guy or I didn't like him from the start, well, you were like literally one of about one percent of people. Like everybody loved the hire. Everybody patted Vince the uh, tirade on his back for being able to get that done after Tom George left because that was going to be the dude that Tom looked at and people wondered if he could get it done, especially with all the sanctions and everything coming down. So I, I want to say that. Um, at the very get-go, okay, is that Chris Mack um, was that man. Uh, you know, he was the guy that everybody wanted. But, fellas, I, and I'm going to ask you all your opinions on this. Um, to me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my, my opinion first, and then I, I'll let you all go from there. Um, Chris Mack is a, is a very good coach, and unfortunately, every decision that he's made since the end of last season seems to have come up snake eyes it's been the wrong move or he's gone about it the wrong way the decision to fire Dino Gaudio and Luke Murray blew up in his face because of uh tape recording gate okay like that 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 blew up so it wasn't necessarily the wrong decision I know that he was extremely unhappy with coach Gaudio um spilling the tea on live radio about kids' um, medical stuff going on with COVID and kind of running his mouth about stuff inside the program that he really didn't want out there. And I know that that rubbed him the wrong way. I don't know how much Coach Gaudio was bringing to it, and and I feel like the, the match wasn't there. So I'm okay with making the move. But that blew up in his face. Um, he made the decision to roll the dice on Ross McMains, bringing a guy who had no um, college coaching experience um, and basically scrapping everything uh, that he was doing offensively to bring in this guy um, to, to turn things around. That's blown up in his face. I have not heard any talk of – Coach McMains, I haven't heard any talk of the offense. I haven't heard any talk of the fact that you brought a guy in that was supposed to um, immediately make your offense better, get your offensive numbers. Like everybody talked about, everywhere this guy's gone, immediately his team scoring, you know, went up twenty percent, and immediately did this and immediately did that. Louisville's playing as slow or slower than they did last year, and Louisville is scoring less points at a worse percentage than last year. I didn't even think that was possible. I almost cursed right now. With that, I didn't even think that was possible. But Ross McMain's hire has blown up in his face, and you know the last thing that's blown up in his face, Mike P. Uh, Pegues comes in during the six-game suspension. Finally, uh, you know, does a good job after a very questionable, um, you know, loss to Furman. He turned it around, goes down there to the Baja Classic. Uh, wins that championship with a couple of wins over a couple Power 5 schools uh, after people didn't necessarily think he was going to get it done. Still your best wins of the season. 5-1, and one, hands the keys back to Coach Mack, and Coach Mack promptly came back and scrapped everything positive that they did while Coach Pegues was the coach. Like, that man has not hit a good note yet in the last I, eight months. You know what I'm starting to wonder about Mac, and and I mean, bear with me on this because we all know and we've all discussed this that the coach has to be an egomaniac to be successful. I'm convinced of that they have to be just 
lunatics. It's like CEOs, you know? They're all psychopaths, the ones that are that are successful. I think it's his ego that's getting in his way here. I, I, and, and I know that's weird because he did flip stuff up, but I think now he's second-guessing himself on everything. I think he's in his own head now. Yeah. Because he's had so much stuff blow up, he doesn't know what to trust anymore. And that's where he's saying, we're confused too. And remember I said last week, you know, he seems like he's about to the point of just looking out at the, at the media and saying, Rashawn, if you'd like, you can come to practice next week and you figure it out. Because they look different at practice. It's not the same team that, that, that we roll out to play on television. When the cameras come on and the crowd gets full, they don't show up the same way. And I don't have an answer for it. Maybe you do. You know, he seems that. I, coach, if you're listening, I would definitely take you up on that. I have some thoughts. I, I, I might, I mean, it's, might be able to help. <laughs> he seriously seems like it, like it's at the point now where what I don't like hearing from the coach is saying the same thing that, that all of us armchair quarterbacks are saying. And I give Louisville fans a lot more grace and a lot more uh, wiggle room in basketball than I do in football because I know we're an educated basketball fan base. We can say that. I'm not going to make that argument in football <laughs> across the board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, absolutely. We're not there. We're not there yet. I, I love us, but we're not there yet. Basketball, though, we know what we're talking about. So it is not encouraging when people who understand the game of basketball all sit around. They all host radio shows throughout the city, and they say, "I can't figure it out. I don't know what's going on." But the guy making a couple million dollars is also saying the exact same thing. And you know that what, Joe? Absolutely and, nothing. And 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 for a coach making four million dollars a year. I understand that you've had some tough situations. It seems like every time you make a decision, it's the wrong decision. I feel like he's making another wrong decision today, but we'll get into that with the starting lineups and players and, and all that stuff. We'll get well, into the specifics. He's not making the wrong decisions. He's half-assing the, the actions. That's the problem. You see, you're bringing this dude mm-hmm. to run this certain type of offense, but you don't bring in the players to run that offense. Mm-hmm. So you set yourself up from failure from start. You know, like, if you're going to run the run and shoot, you don't get about four power running backs in the NFL draft. Because mm-hmm. then you can't run the run and shoot. Right. And then, you, then you run a horrible run and shoot because you don't have the player personnel to run the offense you want to run. You bring McMains in to run this offense and don't give him the players. And you give him Jared West as your point guard. Yes. Which to, Jared West has nothing to do with right. anything that McMaines wants to do. Nothing at all. So you can't run the offense. <laughs> so you can't run the offense like you want him to run because he doesn't have the players See, to run on. it. So, so what Haven, do you do? Haven are you, Haven, are you suggesting that the Baltimore Ravens offense would not work in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady? Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I would not want to see Tom Brady run that offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be awesome. I, I mean, no, I mean, I mean Haven's it's, not it's, wrong. It's, it's, it's a lot obvious. of half stuff. It's, it's obvious stuff. It's like when you when you look at this team, it's obvious who should be starting, but they're not starting. But it's obvious. And, and you know what? I, I want Curry sh- should start over Malik. Yeah, I, I agree. said it all season long. Malik can't jump. In my personal opinion, slow. I think Wheeler and Curry are both better than Malik Williams right now. Yes, and it's obvious when you watch them play on the court. It is obvious Curry should start. Faulkner and L. Ellis should be your yep. point guards. It's obvious. It should be Faulkner, L. Ellis, Curry, uh, Matt Cross, and pick a warm body for number four. You Let know what? Pick I agree with that completely. I, I've been saying for, for 
a couple of months that I like L Ellis coming off the bench. No, you don't. You don't have the. We don't have the liberty anymore of saying we need a guy who can keep the offense steady. You know, when we bring in the second unit, we got to get somebody to get the first unit's offense going. Yeah, but, but that's been obvious There's nothing all to maintain. season long. All season long, when you saw Pegas uh, out there coaching, Louisville looked great when they pressed. So you put Faulkner, Ellis, Cross, Curry, pick one body. Haven, the first six games of the year, Louisville was averaging over 12 steals a game running the press. And what does Chris Mack do when he comes back? Scraps it. <laughs> it's like you shoot yourself in the foot. Literally the best thing that Louisville did was press and create turnovers, and he has not done it once since he got back. His loyalty to upperclassmen <laughs> is the death of him. And this is where. Did you ever think you'd be saying that about the coach that replaced Rick Pitino? No, <laughs> no. You know, it's just like I mean, you know. I'm, I'm gonna say this like that. We always bag about Calipari when he first got here. We all talked about his one and done thing and never worked. His one and done thing and never worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're super talented. His one and done thing and never worked. But Calipari went out there, got his one and done. He always went to a tournament. He got kind of far, usually whatever. But you know. I don't think people, one, give Calipari credit for what he did. Because you're bringing in five new dudes. That's hard. That's hard. every year. Every year. And he tailors his offense to the skill set of the guys he brings in. Okay, so you like to run. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're this type of person. You're that type of person. Play defense, and we're going to do the offense that you guys feel comfortable with, with, and and we'll we'll make it work, and I'll coach up during the season. And it worked. You look at Chris Mack and what Chris Mack has done with transfers. It's almost the same thing as, the, as what Calipari used to be doing with the one and done. He's turned his roster over. Eight new players every this year. year. Eight yeah. new players this year. You turn your roster over every year, but when you do that, you have to get, get either when you bring all these trans bring all these transfers in. You bring in transfers that can fit the system you're trying to run, which he didn't do. He just got the eight best guys he thought he could get. The one thing you say about that, though, the thing about Chris Mack, and this is the thing with him. Okay, and and we'll get into his comparisons to Scott Satterfield because I'm starting to see a lot of comparisons to those two and a lot of similarities. It's scary. That, that it's frightening. It, I, I never really connected the dots until this year, but I'm definitely starting to see it. But one of the things that that Chris Mack teaches, one of his tenets, is this pack line defense. But the thing about running the pack line defense. People have to understand, and he wanted to sit there and and kind of got kind of got lightweight smart with me in the press conference because I said, "What are the problems with the defense?" And and you know, is it the fact that you waited so late to install the defense um, that you're having these issues? And then he came to me and spouted off, "Well, Rashawn, uh, he didn't say Rashawn. He just said, well, you know, if you aren't paying attention, we were 12th in defense before these last couple games.' Well, guess what, Coach? When you were 12th in defense, you were running a press." You were going all out man-to-man. You were trapping. You were jumping in the passing lanes. That's what got you the 12th. Because let me tell you something, brother. Your pack line looks like ass. It's horrible. It, and it has looked terrible. And the reason why is because the thing about the pack line defense, there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of specific things, and especially the amount of pressure that is put on your center to be able to get his big tail Hedge on those screens and basically run guys damn near to midcourt sometimes, okay, to, to try to discourage passes into the paint, okay? That's a very specific, detail-oriented defense that requires all five guys to make the proper rotations. And if you don't, and if you're not quick with it, you know what happens? 
You either give up a wide open dunk or a wide open three. And we have seen both over and over and over again. So guess what, coach? Maybe you need to change something. Maybe you're confused because you are not wanting and willing to make any changes to what you do. How about stop putting it on the players? Because let me tell you something. When you talk about Malik Williams is playing worse than he was last year. Sam Williamson's playing worse than last year. You Matt Cross guys on a team. Matt Cross and Noah Locke are playing worse and their numbers are worse than they were in Florida. Guess what? When everybody's worse, that's not a them problem. That's a you problem. So why don't you stop blaming everybody else? And start looking in the mirror and figure out what you're doing wrong. Because when everybody's worse, I'm sorry, Haven. It's not a fact that everybody's not buying in. And everybody's just loafing. And everybody just can't get it. No, you brought in an offensive system that's too damn complicated for these young players to figure out what they're doing. And you got a defense that takes three and four year guys to run it the way you want it. So guess what you need to do now? Change what you do. But it's too late because he turns his roster over so often but bring all the transfers. But see, that's the thing. So, so, so you can't teach that pack line to seniors because there's no seniors to teach. Guess what, though? <laughs> it's, it's not too late. You know what you have to do? You know what you can do. Do something different. It's, it's, uh, but, but you know what worked because you saw it already. You know what players play better? Literally, Mike Pagese ran it while he was running the, the, he's, he yes. was the head coach. And you know what players work best because you see it. Curry is obviously the best dude that you have down low. Why doesn't he start? He is by far the best dude you have. How many how many weeks now have I been asking why why my man Sid doesn't get more run? I'm just saying. He, the, the, the young man has been five oh two. When you talk about been, produ- been, productivity, he's been doing it all year, Joe. He's been doing it every, every time I've he gets begging. in the game, Joe. He's hey, your man, sweet since, babe. Since the new year, since the new year, what have I been 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 screaming? More Sid Curry, and this team's not making the play, not making the tourney. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. You know, I I watched this team through December and and, and knew what I, knew what we had, knew what we were dealing with. Didn't want to admit it, but it is what it is. The other thing that that is I feel like is getting glossed over when when we do critique the team is everybody's focused on Mac. Look, we got a bunch of good college players, but we don't have a single great college player. And when you don't have a great college player. Coaching really matters, and that's what we're seeing this year. We don't have a guy that that can bail Mac out. We don't have a shooter on this team like his first year when he had Ryan McMahon and Jordan War that could bail him out of some situations, get some offense going. No, we I should have lost. NC State should have got the sweep on us this season. We had the Georgia Tech game, correct? That, came, yeah. that was just like, how did we win that? It made no sense. I watched the game in its entirety and then just stared at the score and said, I don't know how we won that game. It did not feel like we were leading. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, I, th- I think we're like a combined eight points, maybe from three more losses on the, on the season. It, it's not a one-thing issue, you know, as, as you all were talking about. And, and I think the refusal to adapt – is a big part of it. The other thing that I can't figure out is why everyone's offensive productivity from shooters to coaches seems to go in the toilet as soon as you arrive on Floyd Street. We take grad transfers that shoot at a 40% clip 
for four years in college, and they come here and they can't hit 30. That's because you put them in a system and ask them to do things that they can't do. It's like Locke is obviously just a guy you say, you stand here when the ball comes right. away, catch and shoot. Or you pick and pop them because that's all you can do. And that's it. Don't give them the ball. Don't dribble. You just shoot. You be Steve Kerr and Paxton. That's your job on this team. But that's what Chris Mack tries to do. You try to make him like a, a legitimate point guard. You're trying to put round pegs into square holes, and you're absolutely coming up snake eyes. You made ma- bad decisions all summer. You made bad decisions uh, with apparently watching practice all throughout the – this is my thing. You watch practice throughout the summer, and if you thought that Jalen Withers and Noah Locke and Sam Williamson could dribble a basketball and you thought it looked good for your offense to have Malik Williams trying to be the point guard, Coach, that's a you problem, bro. Because you watched it for months. And this is what you thought looked good? I'm sorry, Chris. I love you, brother. That ain't good enough. Hey, we'll be back. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Joe, Haven taking care of you. Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. A little bit of self-destruction because that's what's happening to this Louisville basketball team. And football team. You did it to yourself, bro. Might as well put them together. Yeah, true. True. You're doing it to yourself. The amount of times that I have to cut myself off because when we come back, I'm rapping along to the music. (laughs) Okay, Jeff, don't don't get caught on air. (laughs) Very nice, very nice. I'm over here with the with the hand, with the hard hand actions at the mirror. Oh, four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Three eight four fourteen fifty is the calling line. We already have some stuff pouring in. To uh, all we got, we got Facebook uh, thoughts coming in. We got uh, thoughts coming in on the text line. So if you want to get in, uh, you can check us out uh, on there. So uh, from Ross, he said, "Good morning, y'all." He said, enjoying the show. Hope everybody uh, is good this morning. I can't believe none of y'all are clamoring for a Bob Huggins and Frank Martin show. He said, my God, that yes. would be amazeballs. <laughs> yes, yes. And our man, uh, our man Craig Oswine hit me up on, on the Twitter the Twitter sphere. Yes. He said, enjoying the show, ready for the UofL basketball takes. Oh, they're coming, Craig. <laughs> We're going to keep them. Uh they aren't rivals, but some combination of Bray Huggins and Buzz Williams would be damn entertaining. And I, you, no arguments here. Yes, yes. If nothing else, let's get a let's get a March Madness tournament feed. You know, like they do for the college football championship. This year it was a little it was a little bland with Jimbo and, and company. That looked like just a film session. But you know how they'll get coaches in there to watch other games and critique them. 
think uh, I think we might be on to something. Absolutely, absolutely. We got another text coming in. Uh, says Chris Mack underestimated the Louisville fan base's knowledge and passion for the game. Louisville fans will pile on when they need to. I absolutely agree with that. Like. You're not dealing with people like, first of all, like I hate it when any coach says, you know, well, you all just this is just sports and this is just way over your head. But I can at least see in football where that may be a little bit more true, but especially on a basketball court. First of all, it's five on five. Okay, stuff ain't that difficult to understand. And when you're dealing with people in this state, especially. We can break down zone, man principles. We understand full court, you know, 2-2-1 two, two, pressure, 1-3-1s, 3-2s, 2-3s, and everything in between, brother. Trust me. There is nothing that you can put out there on that court that these fans have not seen and broken down. Like, you have, um, you know, uh, people's grandmas out here, 85 years old, and will break it down to you all the way with everything that's going on on that yep. court. You are in the wrong place to try to do the I know more than you thing. So, no, Coach, you know, sometimes I understand you never want to uh, uh, bend to fan pressure, but understand when you're messing up, we know. Especially when your team can't handle the 2-3 zone. Something, oh, God. Something you see every middle school run. The Western Kentucky game was probably, for Louisville fans and basketball fans in general, watching that had to be like nails on a chalkboard. And then to watch Kentucky master it <laughs> a couple of days later. Oh, absolutely. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Yes. Yeah. You know, and 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 you mentioned Kentucky. That you know, that's the other thing too that that is that makes coaching either at UK or U of L so interesting. And maybe Carolina can can throw their name in the you know their hat in the ring on this. But the problem is, not only are U of L fans educated about the game of and, basketball, and not just U of L fans, UK fans too. Kentucky fans, U- UK fans. Too, our yeah. rivals know basketball. So yeah. if you try to try to 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 trick us with a banana in the tailpipe. Not only are we going to call shenanigans on you, our rivals at work are going to be like, I know you ain't buying that malarkey. Right. And we got to be like, I know, right? And, and then your rivals are like, man, your coach can't win and he thinks his fan base is dumb. Sucks to be y'all. And, and, and I'm just like, ah, damn it, you're right. It's I mean, stuck. Cal tried that down at UK, trying to you know talk about you know the, the the media being basketball bennies and trying to talk about our fans. You know, you all think you know everything, but he he's shut that up over the last couple of years. He's <laughs> he's kind of quieted that down because, uh, especially as the talent's not flowing in, like he's not nearly on the high horse that he was. And like I said, the fact that people pretty much can see with their eyes and know what needs to happen most of the time. I give our give both fan bases a ton of credit because we do know our basketball. We know our hoops. Uh we got a uh, one into a, or actually a couple into the onto the Facebook page. Uh Vicky P uh checked in with us. She said none of the teams um he has coach ha- or none of the coaches here have any life. No energy down the stretch. A change is needed now. Um, so she, she's done with Mac, and we've heard that. We've heard that with the with the Coach Satterfield, and we've heard that with Coach Mac. So Vicky said, you know, go ahead and get this dude up out of here. And I've heard a lot of people saying that um, that that she's not the first um, that that believe that Mac is done. And we're going to get into that in the second hour, is if if he can turn this around, or if he should, or if Louisville should move on from him. Uh, Jason B checked in with us as well. He said, never was a strong coach to begin with. Talking about Mac, he says, not the best hire for a program like U of L. Thought the easiest route to wins is to construct a team around fifth-year grads and transfers, but since he can't recruit well, uh, his team now has a bunch of misfits, um, out-of-position players. 
Um, his own recruits are underdeveloped, uh, transfer out, and do not receive much playing time due to uh, that going towards older players. Um, he says uh, each year the program gets set back from the previous. So Jason B. pretty much says the development thing, and we've talked about that. Um, you know, and that looks like something that right now Haven, um, you know, it, early in the year, a Rick Pitino guy, Malik Williams, uh, looked like the best player on the team. Um, now that Malik's regressed, hell, nobody looks good for the most part outside of Sid Curry. I mean, you know, and, and Ellis at points and, you know, Sam Williamson at points, and it, it kind of jumps around. Um, but, you know, it's one of the things that like, I, I love Bob Valvano, okay? I love Bobby V. Um, shouts out to him and everything that, that, that he does. He's a great basketball man. Um, but he's continued to just heap this praise on uh, Jarrett West, and how great this defensive player is and just a, an all-time defensive player. Um, and I, I, I appreciate and I understand that, and I understand why Coach Mack, who is a defensive first guy, loves Jarrett West. But like Haven talked about earlier, Jarrett West doesn't fit. And if you have a guy that doesn't fit, I don't care how great a defensive player he is, and the last three games he's gotten his ass torched <laughs> defensively, by the way. And a lot like Noah Locke, when Noah Locke's not hitting shots, he's not giving you anything. If Jarrett West is going to get torched on the defensive end, he's not doing anything else out there. And you can't have guys that only have one skill set and only have one go-to, and if that one go-to is not going, they can't be out there. Okay, and, and, and I think that the development thing is a part of it, but it comes down to and, and is putting guys in a position to succeed. And Haven talked about it, the lineup. We know the guy. We know the dogs. We know that there are six guys out here that I will take night in and night out. No, I'm not even – I will admit this. Mm-hmm. I'm not the sharpest of basketball minds. Yeah. I'm a football guy, and I, I, I will freely admit that. And anybody who's ever listened to me on the radio for the past 13 years knows – I'm a football guy first. Yeah, I watch true. basketball just to watch basketball. It's obvious to me who should be out there. I mean, I watch like five games total, like all the way through, and that's enough to know, like, you got the wrong dudes out there. And, and it's <laughs> obvious. It's obvious. It's like the only thing Wes does is play defense, which is awesome. He's a great defensive player, but on offense, he just dribbles from side to side. Anybody can defense that. I could defense that. My daughter could go out there and defense him dribble from side to side. He's I, not going to score. No, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. I mean, like, period. Like, if that's all you're going to give, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same argument as Noah Locke. Noah Locke is, a, is an elite defensive player. Okay? Uh, excuse me, elite shooter. Noah Locke's an elite shooter. A lot like Jarrett West is an elite defensive guy. But if you only have a guy that has a single skill set, you can't start. High-level Division One basketball. I'm sorry. You can't. You can be a specialist. You can be a guy that's brought into the bench, uh, you know, brought off the bench to harass a guy defensively as far as uh, uh, Jarrett West is concerned. If you have a guy that gets hot, then you go to the bench, get the change of pace guy to dog somebody 94 feet. That needs to be his job. See, to to be the pest. I love, I love doing radio with y'all, man, because you just brought my point full circle. Both of y'all just did it. We have a team of specialists and good college players. We don't have a great player. No, you don't have a great. Player. I mean, we but, don't have a single, hey, but truthfully, Joe, think about this. Single, did Louisville have a great quote? Did Louisville have a great player on that 2013 national championship team? I would argue no. 
argue they had a lot, lot of good Ooh. players. They did. I mean, I don't I think don't they had a great I would, player. I would say, I would say Russ was a, was a great college player. I would say Gordy was a great college player. Uh, Luke was a caught was a man on fire in that tournament. Uh, we had a lot that that I would say good. That that was I, I would say good. But but you know what though, Joe? The thing about it was everybody had a job. And they stuck with it. Russ though, was the score. Good. Russ was the score. He was the bucket guy. Right. Um, Gorgie was the defensive Shane, guy. Shane was the Shane was your was your lunch pail guy. Shane was your was your Russ dog. And Peyton, and Peyton was Russ the leader. And Peyton were the sum of all parts of the backcourt that they had to come up with a yeah. rule change for the following season. I, I think individually, uh, any one of those guys by themselves. Would not be able to dominate, but I think you had the perfect five guys there, along with Wayne, that all fit together. I don't think any of those guys were great. I think they were all really good at what they did, and that's one of the things that Chris Mack has not figured out yet. You're not letting guys do what they do well, except for Jarrett West. You you love Jarrett West, so we know Jarrett West is going to get out there and he's going to be able to run hard and play your defense, but you're not putting anybody else in the position to do what they do well. If Jarrett West only had to do this and you were running a system to where that's all he needed to do and you could have the defensive dog point guard and you had a secondary ball handler that could set up the offense, fine. Then do that, but you're going to have to change the way you do things. Or if you, I don't know, ran two post players. You could have a Rose Wheeler and a Sidney Curry down there to get, to get down there together, or a Malik Williams uh, and a uh, and a uh, Sid Curry down there together. If you played a double post, that way you don't have to have a point guard that runs the team, and you don't have to have a, a you know a a pure playmaking two guard. Then you could do that, but you don't want to do either one of those things. But then you want to understand, you want to whine and bitch and complain about why things aren't working. Because you're not doing I mean, and making the changes necessary to make it work. I just I I, I think the issue with this roster and, and this is what year four now. So we gotta yeah. start asking at what point is this just the way that, that Mac recruits and this is what we've got with the coach. He's not recruiting guys that can come in and play and contribute to, to what he wants to run and he's not developing guys either. Joe, I don't so think I don't he know knows what, what he wants to run. Joe, I, I don't think well, that's he what he's does, doing. That, and that's what I was that's what I was about to say. And then that brings us back to his <laughs> press conference where he looks like he's about to start crying. He doesn't know I, what he, yeah, he, he doesn't know what's watched, happening. Rashawn, did you ever have you ever seen the Royal Tenenbaums? Yes. Oh, great movie. There's the scene okay, do you remember when he's playing tennis, when Owen Wilson is is playing tennis, or it's Luke Wilson, I guess. And he has the mental breakdown and the, <laughs> the announcer goes the announcer says he just took off his shoe. He's now sitting cross-legged on the court. I think he's <laughs> sobbing. That's that's where I feel like we are right now. And, uh. and it gives me no, no confidence when our general comes out and says, my grandma gave me that chain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Well said. Hey, when we get back... <laughs> Hour number two, wake up 502, Rashawn Haven Joe. We're going to start to break down. We, we, we've talked about the problems. We've talked about the issues. Now we need to start talking about, A, how we're going to fix it, and, B, does this man deserve to keep his job? You're listening to Wake Up 502, Big Exports Radio, 96.1 FM, and we'll be back.
Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, then why did he have to be transferred? Colonel? Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object! And when it went bad, you cut person. these guys loose! Your Honor, you had Marcus inside a bony transfer! Your Honor! You doctored the logbook! Damn it, Captain! You coerced the doctor! Consider yourself in contempt! You. Colonel Jessup! Did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! to do your dirty work oh yeah i don't want to do your yeah and that's what it's all yeah. about doing the dirty work man we got to do it this morning that, fellas can, can well, they handle the question is can, can they handle the truth joe can they well, handle? you know, I, I requested that we play the, uh, the I'm a fool to do your dirty work. This is a shout out to everybody who's going to continue to defend Chris Mack this week. Good, <laughs> good for y'all. Y'all keep fighting the good fight. Take those marching orders and do with them as you see fit, I suppose, because I can't, I don't have the energy for it. I don't know him anything. You know, this is terrible. <laughs> Before we head down the, the Chris Mack rabbit hole one more time, I just want to give a big shout out. Yes. To former Cardinal great, Super Bowl MVP, Dion Branch. Now working with the Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now working with the greatness that is the University of Louisville football team. I, I've, I've known the man for years. I know he's been dying to get back into the program and work and give back to the football program. And I'm so excited that he's finally got a chance to do that. And I know just great things are headed our way because he's back. Hopefully the next coach will retain him. Saw <laughs> <laughs> so what you did there. That, that one took a second. I was, I was sitting nodding along. Man. I was just nodding along like, yeah, it's good to have Dirty back in the building, man. Good for him. And, I, and I, excellence I, breeds excellence. And then you said that, and I'm like, I'm nodding going, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's true, though. I saw what you did there, Haven. <laughs> hey, but, but it's okay, so back to Chris Mack now. I, I, I'm about to go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. Now, one of the things that Louisville fans correctly pointed out year in and year out is Chris Mack's inability to recruit a point guard and have a point guard in the system, in your system to run the offense that you want to run, that tough point guard that can drive and score and do all those things that Chris Mack liked to do at Xavier. It hasn't happened. So now you're four, you're paying for it. Because this is the year that you would have either junior or senior point guard in your system that knows what you want, that can run it and, 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 and tee your offense up. And we don't have that. We start new point guards every year. Like literally every year. Yeah. It's almost like Scott Satterfield yeah. inability to recruit a quarterback. I I, I can't disagree I mean, with that. Got, I mean, Caleb he's Love, got one Haven. How many do you need? <laughs> yeah. You only play one, right? <laughs> we got Aaron Connolly. What's so, up? I mean, we got we got Connolly, so we we have him. But L- losing Caleb Love to, to North Carolina and Christian Lander to Indiana um, hurt, and especially because Christian Lander's not even playing at IU. He's just sitting on the bench, and, and that those were two five star kids. Um, that that Louisville recruited, Louisville thought they had 
um, that ended up going elsewhere uh, that they would love to have right now. Um, you know, now don't get me wrong. I think that the point guards that they brought in uh, from the, you know the transfer market have been serviceable. But I think that especially this year, I, I feel like he did a good job in recruiting L. Ellis. But, play him. Well, we'll see. But the thing is this: the um, the fly in the ointment is Jarrett West, and the reason why. And I said this from the beginning of the year because I saw him play defense. I'm like Jesus. He's never going to take him out of the lineup because Chris is so defense-focused that you have a kid that goes out there and plays some dogged defense, L's never going to see the floor. Where's the thing? That fine. You know what? It, it, it's tough. If you want West to start, start West. But no, 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 no don't, no, don't no, start no, West. No, let me don't finish. start West. Let me finish. Don't start West. Let me finish. Go ahead. Start okay, West. I'll let you start. But you have to start L. Ellis and Faulkner. Faulkner at the same time. All three of those guys that have to be in the backcourt then. Have to have a but three. then you don't have a point guard off the bench at all. It is what is it tough. is. It is what it is. Yeah, you would have to keep one of those three guys in at all times. And you know what? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Fair. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Now, that's the only way that works. That's the only way, yeah, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I think I think Louisville got spoiled early on with some with getting some really good players in the grad transfer uh, <clears throat> deal. Damian Lee, for example. You know, he's still getting a paycheck in the league and, and hitting big shots. Uh, doing his thing, but at the end of the day, let's be honest about the the grad transfer. It's where you get other pieces to a good to it. You know, like right. they can put you over the top, but you can't build around it. This is right. what you're doing is you're going and buying a really nice pre-owned vehicle, and when you get the when you get the grad transfer, that's the way I look at it. And when you buy a pre-owned car, sometimes you you luck into a, a good Honda. That, yeah, it's got a hundred thousand miles on it, but they 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 kept the engine, the oil changed. You know, I mean, like, you can get another 100 out of that that Honda. Sometimes you get the one that you drive it down the road, man, and the wheels fall, get wobbly. And I, for whatever reason, this batch of, of grand transfers, the wheels are wobbly. Three, eight, four. We're not getting consistency out of them. We're not getting – they don't look like a unit together, no matter how he cobbles them together. And no, that's the other frustrating part is we've seen every combination, man. We've seen it all now. None of it looks good. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. And in and, and just a second, actually. 384-1450 is the call-in line. 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We actually have Uncle Larry checking in. Uncle Larry said, uh, he said, he said uh, Uncle Larry's trying to figure out when Coach Mack uh, will start earning his money. Uh, Yum Center going to be empty soon. I mean, and this is, this is the whole thing. Like, fans, f- yep. fellas, there wasn't a lot of people out there on Wednesday night. It was a sparse crowd. And this is, yeah. you, you know what, Louisville is a city that if you're worth watching, will show up. You go out to the women's basketball game, we're there. Volleyball team is winning, they're selling out. Uh, you know, like the baseball team, Dan McDonald's winning, we're going to be there. We'll show up if you're winning, but you put a product that looks like trash out there? <laughs> Brother, yep. we have plenty to do. Now, with that being said, I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to us right now that we're screaming at the radio saying, but you got to support your team no matter what. No. You got to support your team no matter what. No. Let me put it to you like this. <laughs> no, you don't. Tom George. Yes. When he was here, the greatness himself, Tom Turtleneck himself, was out here letting us know that we don't need NBA in this town because we have Louisville basketball, and that's our professional team. And we were told 
year in and year out for a decade that Louisville basketball is our professional team. So do not be upset when your citizens treat your college basketball team like they're a professional team. And in professional sports, if you're not putting up, they ain't showing up. Tim G actually uh, hit us on the Twitterverse. He said, um, they lose to Pitt tonight. It won't be pretty. Sad thing is, I wouldn't be shocked either. Tim, I agree with you. And for any, just speaking of which, man, just to let everybody know, if you want to check out or, or reach out to us on Twitter, make sure you check us all out. Um, of course, Joe is at that boy's good on Twitter. Haven Harrington can be, uh, re, you know, seen and see all the wonderful things he does at me sports. Uh, and myself at R A S H A N. You got to spell that out, Dan. That is R A A S H A A N. Four A's. It's very symmetrical. Two A's in the front, two A's in the back. And you can also catch us on wakeup502.com as well. There so it is. Check out the website. E- everywhere. Check out the website for everything we do. Uh, we uh, put all the replays of the show. So if you didn't catch it or weren't able to catch it all, or if you just want to hear it again and hear that outstanding analysis for the second time, uh, make sure you check us out, Wake Up 502. Haven does a good job. They usually get the podcast out there um, a little bit after the show ends. Um, so make sure you check that out as well. Uh, but, fellas, I, I yeah, totally and, agree and, with you. And if you find yourself. If you find yourself at the Verizon or, or AT&T store, feel free to go around all the demo uh, phones and subscribe to the Wake Up 502 like podcast. It. There it is. Where you can find podcasts. See? Exactly. We are we, we, we cut corners around here. Man. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, 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 hey, I'm part of Fire so Stick the, Nation, brother. I know how to jailbreak a, jailbreak a fire stick. Hey. If we, exactly, can, if we can find a better exactly. way, <laughs> build a better mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to, to what, the, uh, what the last texter or uh, person that, that hit you up on Twitter you know, that's the saddest part for fans. And this is where I really do feel bad. Sorry for our fans. You know, I, I like our fan base nine times out of ten. Sometimes mm-hmm. y'all get a little out of pocket. But for the most part, y'all are good people, and, and I love our fans. Absolutely. I hate that, that apathy is setting in because that's worse than being angry. When you when you don't even have the energy to be mad anymore, you just you pull the Denny Crumb. And, you know, I guess in honor of Joe B. Hall, we'll say it one time. You watch Louisville lose and go, well, that's typical. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's that's no place for a fan base to be. It's purgatory. It's it's hell. And we've already got the NCAA stuff looming, and that I know is in the back of a lot of people's minds. And they 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 can't really shake that without winning games. And when the team's not giving them anything, it's just everything is doom and gloom. And yeah, now apathy is starting to set in, and that's going to trickle over into fan attendance. And it could get really embarrassing the last month of the season. But you know one thing that, when, that when I, we're playing on I don't believe, Joe, um, is that, and I always hear it, and I hear fans call into the, the, the local stations, and they, they t- tweet it out there, and they go out to um, the Cardinal Authority uh, on the message boards and say, you know what, I just don't care anymore as a fan. I don't, you know, I don't even care. First of all, that's a bold-faced lie. You care. Because you're on the message board. Because you're watching every game. Every game when it starts, you watch the game. But what happens is once you get pissed off and frustrated, you may, you know, not want to put a hole in your TV so you'll turn it off or go do something else or do like my boy Ethan Moore and just go go on a walk and not even watch the U.K. game, the U.K. basketball game. But you care. The, The problem is you love it too much, and you should. Louisville fans are passionate. Louisville fans do care. First of all, it's a bold-faced lie for you to say that you don't even care anymore. That's a bold-faced lie. You do care. We all care. We all love the Cardinals. Um, It is what it is. But you want better. And guess what? You deserve better. 
I, th- I think the better way for fans to put it, I've learned to word it this way for myself. Don't say you don't care because you're absolutely correct. You, you, you're still, you're still lingering. You may not be at the front of the boat, but you're still, you're, you're, you haven't grabbed a life, a life jacket just yet. Uh, start saying, I refuse to let this team ruin my day. Or my week. absolutely like, that that's where I am with it, Joe. That's I'm what happened during football watching. season. I was over at Joe crib watching the game, exactly. and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Getting my Saturday nights, I'm not gonna sit here and watch that, man. Yes, good good point, yeah. Joe. And that's and you know what? That's the healthiest way you can you can maintain when you're when 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 it's this bleak. The Louisville NC State game is actually the game me and Joe were watching it together in Joe's basement. And we was having a good old time, drink, drinking a little brown water, you know, having a good look. But you know what? Once Louisville started, Louisville ended up against NC State. I said, Joe, I appreciate the invite out. I had a good time. Yep. Got to go. Yeah, you said you want to you want to roll with me? And I said, I don't need to be in public for this night. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody. Hey, it is what I'm it is. Gonna sit here and mutter, I'm going to sit here and mutter obscenities about our football team. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. But but you know what, Joe? You, you talked about it. You said that we've seen so many different combinations, and they all look terrible, and everything, you know, no, nothing is getting better. The reason why is because Coach Mack needs to change what he's doing. It's not all the players. It's not that all these guys have forgotten how to play. All these guys are good basketball players. This, should, this team should be better. One of the things that I always gave Coach Patino for is for pretty much every season he was here outside of – Probably the Donovan Mitchell sophomore year where they lost to Michigan. That was probably the only team. There may be one other one that's sticking and rattling around in the back of my head that I can't think of. But that was about the only time that Coach Patino did not get the most out of his team by the end of the year. Sometimes they just didn't have the talent or the depth or the size to get it done. But I felt like he maximized what that team's potential could be. Coach Mack is wasting mm-hmm. this team's potential because he's more invested in doing things his way tying himself to that pack line, tying himself to allowing Ross McMains have our players completely confused on what on earth is going on. Let me tell you something. The coach told me this a long time ago. If you're having to think on the basketball court, you're never going to play fast as you can, which is why you look bad. So when you have a defense that causes you to think so much because it takes two to three years to learn it. When you have an offensive system that is made for a professional team, first of all, and is completely based on you reading and reacting to what the defense is doing, that's a lot of thinking. All Louisville players out there, you know what they're doing? They're thinking all the time, which makes them look slow, which makes them look unathletic, which makes them look confused. That's why you get inconsistency. That's why you're not, you're not seeing better play on the court. It's not that the players have gotten worse. It's that you're trying trying to do something they can't do. So you have one option, coach. Simplify. Go back to the press. Go back to the traps. Let your athletes go out there and be athletes. L. Ellis said it best. Man, this defense is something that I'm struggling with because I've never seen anything like it. You have to understand, when that ball, everybody sees when the, the ball screen comes, everybody knows that the center has to hedge high and move his feet. But that's not the only thing that happens, okay? The two guys on the back line have to help into the paint because the whole point of the pack line is to protect the paint. Problem is, in 2022, it's three-pointers. Everybody's shooting threes. This is the Steph Curryism of basketball. Teams aren't trying to get into the paint. Nobody throws it to the block anymore. So when you're running nope. a system that's antiquated and based on protecting the paint, nobody gives a damn about the paint. You can have it. 
No one cares. You're running a defense that does not matter. Well, look here, damn it. We're not going to let them run the ball on us, though. Oh, no one wants to run the ball anymore, coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like I'm going crazy because there's the so many self-inflicted wounds are why we have to have this next conversation. When we come back, we're going to find out, and I'm going to ask you fellas, is this Chris Max last year, or what will it take for this to be Chris Max last year? Does he deserve, deserve, deserve his job? Wake up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, coming back to you, 96.1 FM. Big Exports Radio, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502. You know, I figured that uh, I got five on as apropos to this next conversation because if we're gonna get rid of Chris Mack, you, you, you may hat. need to put you know put five on it. <laughs> so we're gonna get into that. Hat. But but I do uh, want to. I do have a, a, an announcement. My, my pops hit me up on the the, the text uh, sphere. So you know uh, what, what they say: help your uh, help your friends and hurt your enemies. So I just want to let everybody know. He said, "Let everybody know." Dare to care free food distribution starts at Calvary Baptist Church. 1368 South 28th Street, Louisville, Kentucky, 40211. Starts at 11 a.m. until all the food is gone every first and third Saturday. Uh, so if you're able to get out there, you know, there's a lot going on. If you're dealing with, um, you know, any type of issues or you just want to, you know, go out there and grab a plate. Go over there by Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, that is my home church. Uh, check them out um, because they do have that going on today. Um, so, you know, I got, got to give a shout out and shout out to Pops for listening this morning. He's always giving me uh, constructive criticism <laughs> on, on the show. So, you know, he's like, man, it was good. It was bad. What's going on with Louisville? Why, why can't they get it together? I get a lot of that. <laughs> so appreciate that. Also checking in on the uh, the uh, Twitter sphere, D.D. Uh, Conklin t- t- tweeted and said, you know what? You all sound good this morning. So, D.D., I appreciate you listening. We have a lot of folks, uh, you know, giving shout outs and and. and and their well wishes to the show, fellas. So I guess we're doing something right today. So I guess we'll keep that rolling. And if you do want to get involved, 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. 384-1450 is the call-in line. But, fellas, I've been listening to it all week. So I'm going to ask you, Chris Mack, everybody's talking about, you know, we've heard so many of the fans, this guy needs to be done. I think that was like the first message we got is that the coach needs to go on the Facebook page. Coach needs to go. Chris Mack needs to go. This dude's a clown. He can't get it done. So I'm going to ask you all, A, with where Louisville is right now, because right now they ain't making a tournament. Like right now they're way on the wrong side of the bubble. Like they can't even see the bubble. I think their bath water is is dry. They ain't got no bubbles in the bath water. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I don't even know if the water's warm. Damn. Water's pretty much cold at this point and no bubbles in the water. So they don't have yeah. a bubble bath. Okay, so the bubbles can't be seen. So I want to ask you all, A, if Coach Mack does not turn this around, should he be fired? And B, at what point, like, 
do you think he gets fired regardless of how the season turns out if he doesn't make it, or does it have, there have to be a certain level? Joe, I'll let you tackle this one first. Ooh, all right. So are you asking me as a fan, should he be gone? Do I want him gone? Or are you asking me what I think happened? <laughs> well, you know what? That's, that's, that's a good the, question because, hey, with this administration <laughs> – Ain't no, because ain't well, no not telling. just not just the administration. Everything being in the in the air, yes. That, I mean, that is part of it. There's a lot of moving parts that are in flux. Yes. Also, we don't have the money that we used to have. Also, that you know, the, uh, to be able to fire him for cause, you would have to wait for those level two violations right. to come out. And that may which, not come to the summertime. Which again, like it's kind of funny how everybody was angry about it, but I mean. Are people going to walk back the uh, criticism of Neely? Because the rumor was she wanted him out because they could fire him for cause over over the stuff this summer. We talked about how this stuff was dumb, but would the ends have justified the means? If you knew what you knew now, would you have said, yeah, maybe Neely's on to something, let him go? I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a funny side note of all this that, that's been kind of glossed over overlooked. I don't know. We don't have the money just lying around. But... Joe, let me tell you My something. Ne- Neely was in them basketball practices and saw that it was going to be terrible. That's why she said what she said. Especially because right? like, I'm from Kansas. I'm, I'm from Kansas. I know basketball, too. This ain't working. This I'm, ain't I, it. I don't know football. I don't know football. So we'll give Sad another try. He's he better than Weiss was. Yeah, you know, she brought that Kansas insight with her. Uh, but here's, here's the thing about, just like I said, our, our fans are incredibly knowledgeable. UofL basketball is not UofL football, okay? Mm-hmm. So if it gets bad enough and if it starts hitting the bottom line of, of revenue that's generated downtown, you know, because that's another big part of it is that the Yum Center, UofL basketball, it's a moneymaker for bars down there it, and restaurants and, mm-hmm. and nightlife and entertainment. So if things start getting bad on that end, oh, yeah, you'll see money will appear, I think. I think there are enough people that are in this city with with that kind of financial backing that they can come together and come up with a number. Now, the kicker to it is I don't think Chris Max is the kind of guy that ever will agree to anything less than what his contract says. And and I don't necessarily blame him, you know? So what about Tim Sullivan, what he said? Tim Sullivan wrote a story that said a settlement may be the best way to go to where, you know, if Chris Mack is unhappy – um, and it looks like these level twos may be coming to where Louisville may try to fire him sometime anyway. Would it be better to try to settle with him to go ahead and negotiate, maybe not for the full $12 million, but he can go ahead and look for another job, and Louisville can cut bait and find a new coach? What, what do you think about that? Dude, his, his, his favorite musician is Kid Rock, and his favorite restaurant is Burger King. This dude doesn't settle. Okay, he's gonna fight everything. <laughs> it, it's in his DNA. No, you promised me four. I'm not taking three. I'm not taking two. I'm taking four. Um, I don't know. It could, it, this thing could get really ugly. Haven here, what you like? You know, <clears throat> as I sit back and listen to the greatness that is Joseph R. Kelly, very wise man, very very wise man. Great beer game. Beer games on point. Absolutely. Good barbecue too. Very good barbecue. One thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can feel I can feel the hair, my hairline growing back. <laughs> we tried, well, Joe. We try. You know, I <laughs> I just look at my university, and I'm just like, what happened? Whatever goat, <laughs> chicken, squirrel we had to sacrifice for the year of the cardinal. Whoever did that, could you please just do that again? 
because this is just untenable. I mean, you got two coaches that are both set in their ways. One's bound and determined to do it the App State way, come hell or high water. The other one's bound to do it the Xavier way or whatever he was doing before, come hell and high water. We ain't changing nothing. And both of these dudes are just, all right. No, the, the white, it's like I. Right, it's like white bread. Just I, right, you know. Yeah. I. Right. It's, 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 it's mayonnaise cucumber sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you're like, yes, yeah, like should he be fired? Yeah, he should be fired. He should. Yeah, he should be gone. But realities are, one, the university doesn't have the money to do it. Two, we have an interim AD, so everything's in flux. So you really want your head football coach and your head basketball coach, if they are to be replaced and fired, by the permanent AD whenever that may happen. That could be a year. It took a year to find a, a president. Then it'll take whoever that president is a little while to find an athletic director unless they keep hurt. And then we just keep it rolling. We keep it moving. Things move much faster then. But if not, you're looking like a year and a half down the road. Yeah, I mean, no, you bring up good points. And I always look to you to bring the well-balanced, you know, pragmatic, very numbers-based intellectual take, Haven. That's why we have you there. You know, it's like, once again, you know, you kind of go back and look at at the parallels between Satterfield and and Mack. And it was like, geez, how did this happen to us? Both of these guys were the best candidates coming up that, that you can grab. Satterfield was like the best dude out there for the football team. Great record. Undefeated in bowl games. But you but you already you already hit on why it's it's so frustrating because they're not fun. And yeah, they're not fun but you know that's an old change. In sports. You, but you can you can lose games and keep a fan base if you're exciting. I mean hell not that's life in general. I think I'm living proof of it. I'm I'm an idiot and I screw up and have to apologize constantly, but I'm fun to be around so people tolerate it, you know? Uh it's it, it, same goes for coaching. You can you can lose games and be okay, but you can't lose and be boring. If you lose yeah. and you're boring, that's when the apathy sets in. That's when people start looking around and going, "Why am I even doing this, man? Nothing about this is fun." Like, you know, for all of his warts, if Mike Leach is your football coach, you know you're going to get something just mind-boggling, stupid, or funny that that w- at least makes you you laugh. With Satterfield, you're just like, oh man, we just love to reinvent the wheel of stupid to run ourselves over with it. And you know the biggest misnomer, and, and this is where, and, and I teased it earlier in the show that I, I never really put together the parallels between. Satterfield and Coach Mack until this year and saw the similarities and and I have something for both of them because everybody knows that they're avid listeners to Wake Up 502. They they set their clock by it and they go to wakeup502.com and listen to the replay just so they can listen to what we said again. Appreciate it, coaches. Um, I'm going to give both of them uh, some advice. Your biggest mistake is believing that you making it to this level and getting to a school like Louisville with its facilities and the ACC branding and all that good stuff, you feel like I'm here now, so now I have to be who I was, and I have to do things the way I did to get here. And that's what I have to do because this is how I got here. This is how I made it to this stage, so I just have to be that guy. That's false. You did what you did to make it to this point. 
That doesn't mean that everything that you did to get here is what is going to make you successful now that you're at the big show. And I think that is something that both of these guys are doing. When you look at Satterfield, you have a guy that believes in, you know, we're going to run the football and we're going to have our little underdog Rudy guys and we're just going to make it happen with heart and hustle, friendship, fellowship and family. Care Bear still there. No, you're not. You're going to make it by being a dog. You're going to make it by being aggressive. You're going to get big physical guys out there and you're going to have to be aggressive at all times because that's what it takes, Coach. On the basketball side, Coach Mack, I'm going to have three- and four-year players. We're going to run this very intricate system. We're going to have guys that go through the program, um, and we're going to run a system that works when you have less talent. And that's what we're going to do at Louisville, too. No, you're not! You're going to go out there because Louisville is an engine, one of the seven best basketball teams of all time. You're going to recruit the best players. And because you're recruiting the best players, you don't have to run a conservative, senior-laden, experience-necessary-needed system. No, you got monsters out there. You can recruit monsters. Use your athletes. Use your length. Use your size. Be aggressive. Beat teams down with your talent. Not with a system that's so damn complicated, nobody knows what they're doing. Get the small town mid-major mindset out of your mind because you're both going to get fired if you don't. I think Chris Mag just daydreams about that night at 4th Street when he was dancing around like P. Diddy in the shiny jacket and that black satin UofL throwback thinking, man, it was all good just a couple years ago. Yeah, can't we go back to those days when everybody was happy that I was here talking about whoppers and and throwback jackets? Just win, baby. Before before we before I had to coach anything, you know. Charles, hey hey, Charles Darwin taught us about evolution. Okay, the evolution of creatures and how creatures have to adjust and adapt to the environment that they're in to survive. These coaches are not adjusting, adapting, and changing to survive in their environments. Prime example. Prime example from Louisville's history, Bobby 1.0, Bobby's first year here. We get torched by Ben Roethlisberger in the Motor City. I knew Haven was going to find a way to get a football story. And here I come. (laughs) Here I come with it. Here I come with it. You know, I will use a Rick Pitino story, but Rick Pitino really got average players or just a good player. No, I like your Bobby. No, go ahead. Go. Yeah. I like the I like the Bobby story. Go ahead. You good. I won't discourage you. I just had to mess with you. There you go. Cuz you know what's coming so you know, you know oh, Absolutely. Up. He fired the defensive coordinator that year. Gilhammers, the first defensive coordinator, got fired mm-hmm. because he, he wasn't doing it. Lou was 9 and 3, a successful season. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. like, "No, we're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and Motor City Bowl. No, screw that. No, out. You're out. I'm bringing Mike Cassidy. Mike Cass from Illinois comes in. Defense gets better. But our third down percentage is not as good as it should be. So what does he do? Next year, Wolfhausen, co-defense coordinator, you take over third downs for me. Always. Well, I mean, look at what Bobby look at did. Upgrade. Look at what Bobby did on offense Absolutely. back then. He, he rolled the pocket for LaForce. Then when he had Brom, he had, a, he had a drop back system. I mean, he adjusted to what the pieces he had. Coaching's like cooking to me. I've said this before. A good cook... Can, can let you go do the grocery shopping. Uh, a regular, everyday, decent cook, he has to do the shopping. They, 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 they know what they can cook. 
You know what I mean? Fellas, Co- Rich, Rick Pitino, Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time, changed his offensive and defensive systems at least four to five times while he was the Louisville coach. But here's you, the thing. Here's you know thing. why? Because you have to change to survive. But say, even if you don't change, then do what Denny Crum did. Get guys to fit your system. You have right. a system, run it, get guys to do I it. I don't think he knows what his system is. How can you recruit to what you don't have no idea what you want to do? Hey, got to figure that out. Hey, you know what? We got one segment left. When we come back, we'll get the fellas' thoughts on what's going to happen at Pittsburgh today for the Cardinals as well as the NFL playoffs. My Raiders. Raider Going Nation. down against the Bengals. Oh, bringing back bad memories, man. Oh, Bengals, Raiders, playoffs. This is going to be a great game, baby. Oh. It's going to be a great game. Car, Burrow. I, mi- I miss you, Bo Jackson. Jesus. Everybody miss Bo Jackson. Hey, you're listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Haven and Joe, and we'll be right back. Big X Sports Radio. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. A villain, big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Steve Rummage, let me tell you something. You can sit there and play a little Dallas theme song, but brother... Dallas ain't got nothing on that. Now, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. You ain't got nothing on and this, I'll brother. I'm the first person to say this is, without a shadow of a doubt, in all of sports, the greatest theme song in the history of sports. I mean, listen to that, fellas. Nothing says football like the autumn wind. Like, this is football. This is those throwback 70s uniforms, the one and two bar helmets, guys clothes on each other. Heath and blood all over the place. This is football. Frozen Tundra. Playoff football. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Joe, can you feel how excited Haven is right now? And shout out to Coach John Madden once again just passed away. The Seminole Raiders coach. You were to ask Man, I'm just listening to this. Thinking about how big these shows were when we were kids. You oh, know, my God. You would watch these on ESPN. The NFL Films and replay of the week? Oh, my God. Must see TV, baby. I, I saw a really, really interesting thread on Twitter a couple months ago about this, about this subject. And they were talking about this is one thing the kids that have grown up with YouTube don't get. And, and so many great plays over the last 20 years have kind of been forgotten about because we saw it so much, you know, on our phones. Oh, and it yeah. was so easy to, to share with. You didn't have to tune in. So, like, I mean, imagine the Immaculate Reception today. Oh, Probably not as, as storied as it, as it is because of the Lord that there's only that one camera angle. and You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll yeah. never have that again. Well, it's, it's not only that. It's just the fact that we have a 24-7 sports culture yep. that 
you don't you can't take the time to put your production out there to make it look as cinematic. Like when you watch those whole NFL films and those NFL replays on Inside NFL, they came on HBO like once a week, which I used to oh, live man. for. God. You know, it used to be cinematic. Inside the NFL, yeah, man. But, but all those things were cinematic because you could take the game film. You had like a week. Well, not a week. Yeah, about four or five days mm-hmm. in which oh, you can yeah. edit it, in which you can uh, write music for it and get and get the whole production going, get the writing going, and put out a, a finished product. So each highlight was like a mini film. Uh, the NFL films from yep. the 50s, 60s, and 70s had that element because it was literally just like a mini movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. amazing. And that's where you got the Autumn Wind, which is literally the greatest theme song in all the sports. I don't care what you say about the NCAA theme song or the NBA theme song from the 80s, whatever. Autumn Wind is it. It is the group. Every time you hear that, you know football. Absolutely. Yeah, period. End of story. Now talk about football. You know what? Before I talk about football, let's talk about this Pittsburgh-Louisville game that's going on today. And the, and the tip-offs win. Uh, four. It won't matter what the tip off <laughs> is. Why? Because everybody's been watching NFL saw, playoffs. I saw that coming. It was coming, right? Yes, absolutely. It doesn't matter when your game is. Because it really doesn't. It's all about the NFL playoffs. That's, like, that's nobody's been watching it. Even UFO fans were like, I take that back. UFO fans, we're going to tune in. Until they start screwing no, it up. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go back and forth. We'll watch about three minutes of the, of the Louisville game. Go back, watch the Raiders and Bengals. Watch mostly Raiders and Bengals, <laughs> and just flip back and check on the score, and then go back. It's fair. Four, four o'clock p.m. Eastern time on ACC Network. By the way. Oh, what ACC Network? We're not like on uh, WVTV. Uh, <laughs> no, we're on ACC Network. On oh, but by the way, getting back, we we got another message in, fellas. The I, I just want to give a shout out to everybody listening today. I appreciate the interaction on the text line. I appreciate the interaction on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page. Everybody has been awesome this morning. Uh, the Wake Up 502 family loves it. We love the, the interaction. So just big shout out to you all. Uh, Kyle Hazelwood checking in. He said, the only problems with this team is the offense, defense, substitution patterns, and coaching. Other than that, we'd be all right. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. Seems legit. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, like I'm seriously. I'm going over my my little like you know would I hire this person uh, sheet, and I'm checking off the boxes as you spoke just now, and I'm going, yep, uh huh, yeah, no, yeah, no, I don't like it. Yeah, absolutely. So, fellas, what happens? What what happens? Louisville's on the road, a Pittsburgh team that came down here uh, and. Gave Louisville everything that they wanted. They were winning most of the second half. Louisville had to get, get a put a big run together at the end of the game, pretty much to win this game. Um, Pittsburgh uh, will be without their their uh, their big time shooter, but you know it didn't really matter much last time, and they still got that big man in the middle middle that just he was uh, you know got the two fouls early. Everybody remembers he basically had to sit on the bench the whole first half, and then came in like a wrecking crew in the second half, and dang near got uh, the win in the Yum Center. Um, Y'all got any hope for this game? Look, Coach Max said he's going to go with the lineup of West, Ellis, Sam Williamson, Cross, and Malik Williams to start. We lost. They had a combined yeah, 11 yeah, points. 11 points for five starters last game. The least amount of points given up, or the least amount of points in a game for Louisville with from the combined starting lineup since 1934. That's crazy. That good, Rashawn. That's crazy. Why? Did they, were they still playing in a peach bucket back then? Yes. James the Naismith the was like literally just just showed him the game. He was like, "You put this thing and put it into into the, the little round hey, thing over there." 
you're pulling out stats back when they played basketball where the ball was seams. Yeah, it didn't even bounce for real. Like, <laughs> it was a medicine ball. <laughs> Why? Why is that your starting five? Hard-headed. I don't get it. Chris is hard-headed. Fellas, I ain't going to yeah, lie to you. When, when I heard his pregame press conference yesterday, I was like, yeah, they're going to lose again. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I tease about this doing a uh, break. Yeah, they, just, not even, just don't even look up from what you're doing. Yeah, they're going to lose. Oh, God. You know, no, from here on out, if you attend a Chris Mack press conference. Yes, sir. And they hand you the microphone. Yes, sir. Your only question needs to be this. Okay. Bruh. <laughs> and that's it. That's the question. Just, <laughs> just, just bruh. Just bruh. Like, like I wanted to say that bruh. to him yesterday. Just bruh. When he said, I'm going to stick with the same lineup, I swear, if I would have been there, I would have been like, for real? Just like, Are you serious? Literally, like, bruh. That's, like, that's the question. Expound. That's the only question. Expound upon this decision. Bruh. <laughs> it doesn't mean that that's one word and just dropped the mic. Just passed mic back. I was in awe that Sidney Curry comes off the bench Goes for twenty two points, ten rebounds like five in minutes. like twenty minutes. Twenty two and ten. <laughs> uh, we don't need to start that guy. No, 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 no. Malik's great. Yeah, was, I want to see him shoot more I've fadeaway seen, threes. Rashawn, I've seen him in practice. That was a fluke. Oh my god. Let's put that <laughs> offensive threat west uh, in the game. Let's start him. Good. I know Mason Great, Faulkner's man. the only guy who can actually competently run the offense. Nah, leave him on the bench too. It's what, so irritating. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes no sense. You know, Matt Cross did not play the whole second half of the game. He got pissed off with Matt in the first two minutes, subbed him out of the game, and never put him back in. Didn't play the play the whole second half. And guess what happened? Move lost by sixteen to NC State at home. Yeah, got run. It, it makes no sense. Like that's why it makes no sense. Well, I, I'm just gonna say it. I think Pittsburgh wins today, sixty four fifty six. Pittsburgh I'm not watching the game. By, I'm watching NFL playoffs, so just fair. text me and keep me posted. Yeah, I'll probably have it on the radio. I'll I'll be listening to the basketball game. I'll be watching football. This is uh, football season's almost done. Uh, you're not robbing me of that, Chris Mack. Fair. I'm, I'm I'm watching I'm watching the man's game. So, fellas, uh, speaking of a man's game, we got two games today. Uh, we got Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills. Haven, what you thinking? Which game are we going with first? Uh, your choice. Either one. Raiders, Bengals, or Patriots, Bills. Either one. Let's go. Man, it's such good games. Raiders, Bengals. Your team, the I Oakland know. Raiders. Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders. You can say Oakland. It's okay. Yeah, I know, right? It's, I mean, Las Vegas Raiders. That's, I mean, the stadium's awesome. Can't believe they made it. But those guys should be Oakland. <laughs> I cannot believe with everything that's happened. They should have made it. And Carr's still healthy. That's amazing. He made it to the whole season. He's made it to see the end. Unbelievable. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I mean, going with the Bengals. I'm gonna go to. I'm, I'm gonna go to Bengals. I, I, Burrow. I mean, the, Jamar Chase is a beast. He is a beast. Like the Bengals should win. I, the Bengals. The Bengals have a good offense, but let's not overlook the fact that every win that the Raiders get it drives the stake a little bit deeper into the cold black heart of John Gruden. So. I'm actually going to be riding with Rashawn this postseason since the Ravens aren't in it, and I don't have Lamar to cheer for. My go, brother. go Raiders! My brother, I appreciate it. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, I want John Gruden to just, I want Gruden to just sit there and go <laughs> and watch that, and watch this team go on just an unprecedented run where they shouldn't have even made the playoffs in the first place. And yeah, 
Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, but story. W- w- when you look at these numbers, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals, besides having Joe Burrow, you have Joe Mixon, 1,200 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 81 catches, 1,455 yards, mm-hmm. 13 touchdowns. That's, that's Randy Moss numbers. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and you got Boyd on the other side. Like, I feel like Raiders are like weekend at Bernie's. Like, they're literally a dead dude in the playoffs. Like, it's like, how did y'all even get here? David Carr with his eyeliner. I, I don't understand how my team got here, but. They're here. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'm excited. I'm happy there. It does bring back bad memories of uh, Bo Jackson and his injury, of course, the last time these two teams oh, that met. was against the Bengals. Yeah, the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. You know, I cried when I watched <clears> that game. That's the last win that Cincinnati Bengals had in the playoffs was that game, the Bo Jackson game. I cried when I, when I saw oh, that happen. son. I was devastated. Hurt my – I said, why Why ain't Bo getting up? Why ain't Bo getting up? Bo always gets true up. Story. Oh. True story. My dad would no longer let me get jerseys or, like, name, like signature sneakers of players for a while because he was convinced I was cursed. I got a pair of Bo Jackson. <laughs> Right before, right before that injury. No, guys, I'm not kidding you. Got a Ken Griffey Jr. Mariners jersey. A week later, he dove into the wall, broke his wrist. Guess what I got for Christmas the following year? Sterling Sharp. <laughs> oh, wow. Sterling yeah, Sharp. Yeah, my dad was like, yeah, Sterling Sharp broke his neck in, in yeah. December that year. Like, I got it, I wow. got it for Christmas, was wearing it, and his neck got popped, the ne- and he had to retire. And my dad was like, you only get retired Hall of Famers now. <laughs> so he would live vicariously. Guys, in the 90s, I was rocking. My son, here's a Franco Harris jersey. <laughs> Fred, Seriously, I was rocking. A, I had a Terry Bradshaw and a Lawrence Taylor in high school, and everybody was like, what? Hey, like, hey. Yeah, man, they're cold. Hey, LT. That's hilarious. Nobody had can that, play football that, on cocaine and crack <laughs> like LT. Right. Wow. Had that had that uh, long sleeve white uh, Jim Brown joint too, yeah, yeah. wasn't allowed to have active players though. <laughs> so, uh, so I know we only got about we got about two minutes. We got less than, or yeah, probably less than two minutes left. So I, I'm just gonna ask our our football aficionado over there. Give me the best game of the weekend, or a couple teams that you think that are gonna make it happen. Hey, but I'm just gonna give you this last. Minute and a half oh, to do your man, thing. Oh man, thank you. You're just so kind. Absolutely, it's it's it's, it's you. It's you. You man. know what? Cowboys 49ers. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. That's they, a classic matchup. They they have the better team. I have no faith in my Cowboys win the playoff game. Like none. You have to win a playoff game. I have faith. I still think Dallas should win, but yeah, we'll see. I'm not convinced. Um, Raiders Bengals. I think it's going to be the best game. Bills Patriots. I'm taking the Bills. Mm. I think Joe Allen. I think Allen can get it done. Even though I should never bet against Belichick, I should know better. But hey, I think he can do it. I love it. And I missed one game. I think it's the Chargers. Can the Steelers do anything against the Chiefs Haven? Uh, yes, lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about Rams Cardinals? That's probably the best power matchup Monday. Oh man. Um. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Rams. I don't believe uh, Cliff Kingsbury can get it done. The man has a habit of falling off, has a history of uh, second-half fall-offs. It continues. There we go. We out. Wake up 502.
<laughs> we probably got right to where it said, there we have it. And then it probably just went click. <laughs> That's funny. That's our best show to date. Oh, man. Hey, the, 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 the numbers and the interactions say, yeah. I mean, everybody was retweeting that show like they were like, 